Romans chapter 6. Now, the lesson this morning um, is, is kind, of, it's kind of an amendum or an addition to last week's lesson. So, so if you weren't here last week, some of this, I'm not going into this as in detail because I covered a lot of this last week in detail, but it'll be fine because as we continue to go through the series, we'll, we'll hit this all again, okay? But I just kind of want to emphasize a point that we, we looked at last week and kind of just bring it home um, and, and, and how it works and why it matters in our life. All right, so let's start by, by a little bit of review. We said that the Christian life can be summarized by four words, and they are not I, but Christ. Come on in, brother. Not I, but Christ, right? Four words. To be saved, the answer is very simple. It's not going to be I, right? I'm not going to get saved. I'm not going to become a Christian by anything I do. It's going to all be by Christ. But then post-salvation, anything that you're trying to see done in the Christian life, any goal, any, any change, any achievement, any work that you want to see done, it's always the same answer. It's always going to be not I, but Christ. So, for example, we as a church, we're praying for a second miracle, and we've kind of listed exactly what that is, right? But the answer to that, we always must remember that the answer to that is never I. It's never going to be, well, we're going to make a second miracle happen, we're going to roll up our sleeves and achieve this. If it's going to be achieved, it's going to come through the person and the work of Jesus Christ, okay? And so that's very important. And we said this, that that when you sum down or, or boil down, man has two problems, okay? He has the problem of the power within, which is called sin, sin which causes him to commit the actions of sin. sins. That's right. And so in both situations, right? Whether it's sins, those are the actions that are numerable, that God has recorded. Every sin that I have committed is encompassed in my sins, Sin is the power or the force that causes me to commit them. We said that Jesus provides the answer to both solutions. And the first one we looked at in detail is that Jesus deals with our sins through His what? Blood. blood. Through His blood. That, that God's demand, what, what satisfies God is the shedding of the innocent blood on behalf of the guilty. And we went through a whole explanation from the Day of Atonement and God made very clear in Leviticus that it is, the, it is the blood, it is the sacrifice and the offering of blood that makes an atonement for the soul. And that was realized, perfected in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We saw that in Hebrews chapter 9. But then we saw, okay, yes, we commit these sins, but we have another problem, which is sin. And so we can have our sins forgiven, but if we don't deal with the power, we're going to continue to commit more and more sins. And so we said that Jesus deals with our sin through His what? Cross. Very good. And we said essentially that the answer was this, that just as Jesus died, right, and rose again, we saw in Romans 6, that when we got saved, we died, right? Our old man died. The power, the reign, the rule over us died, and we rose again, with a new life. We are a new being, spiritual life. The Spirit of God dwells within us and gives us spiritual life. So the way that we saw God deals with us is taking us out of in. You remember who we were in when we were born? What, what family tree were we a part of? 
Adam. And because we are a part of Adam's family tree, we commit sin, right? We're sinners, right? But God moved us out of Adam's family tree and put us in whose family tree? Christ's family tree. And so we were once in Adam, but now we are in Christ. So we were once, we were once sinners who committed sins, and now we are saints, right? Who, can, who commit righteous deeds. All right, now... So I kind of want to build on that. That was, that was, a, that was kind of the, the foundational lesson last week. And I want to kind of just expand on that a little bit this morning, okay? So I want to read Romans chapter 6, verse 6. And remind us of what we looked at last week and build upon this. Romans 6, 6, the Bible says this, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him that the body of sin, right? That power of sin might be what? Destroyed. His power, His rule, His reign is destroyed. What's the result? That henceforth we should not serve what? Sin. So, so He says that sin once reigned over us and in salvation He died. He was destroyed so that we rose again a new creation, so that now we no longer have to serve the power of sin because He is destroyed. Are you tracking with me there? Are you with me? All right, good. Now, let's, let's work through this. Let's start with point one. The fact of sin's death. And I know I'm missing a punctuation, but that's okay. The fact of sin's death. The fact of sin's death. All right, now... I think most of us would, 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 would affirm this part. So letter A, in salvation, we understand Christ died for our sins. Okay? In salvation, we understand that Christ died for our sins. All right, notice Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And look what it says here. But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His what? Blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. So we saw that because we commit sins, the wrath of God is, is abiding on us. It's coming on us to judge our sins. But we've received the blood of Christ, it has atoned for our sins, and so now we are justified. The word justified, number three, means this, to prove or show to be just or conformable to the law. I like this, right. Justice, propriety, or duty to defend or maintain, or lastly, here's the key, to vindicate is right. So, because we have the blood that has been shed for us, and it covers our sins, it atones for our sins, we now stand right before God. We are vindicated before God. We are, we are declared as being right before Him, not because of anything we've done, but because the blood has atoned for our wrongs. So now we are right before Him. All right. Now, for the most part, number five, Christians generally fully accept this fact and believe it. What do you mean? Most Christians believe, and they don't really struggle with the idea that all their sins are forgiven. Like, and you'll see what I, why I'm saying that in a minute. Most Christians 
They believe when they get saved, like all my sins are forgiven. I don't usually have a lot of believers come to me and say, man, I, I just have a hard time believing my sins are forgiven. Most believers accept the fact of the shed blood in dealing for our sins. But we get hung up on the other part, which is this, letter B. In salvation, we must also understand that we died with Christ. Now here's where we struggle. We struggle with our belief or our faith in God dealing with our sin. Okay? So notice again Romans 6 6. And this is all going to make sense in a minute. I've got to kind of build this to, the, to point two. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified. Now notice those next two words with him. With him. Okay? Now, some of you came with a a family member, you came with a spouse, you came with your kids, you came, you came with a friend. If you got here at 9.20, okay, both of you in the same car, you know, pulled in at 9.20, you don't say, I got here at 9.20 and, you know, my wife got here at 9.25. Okay, now I understand you, you might, one of you guys might have been staying in the car doing up some stuff or whatever, but I'm saying you don't say that because you got here at the same time. I mean, that's common sense, right? You pulled in at 9.20, you got here at 9.20, you don't say, well, we pulled in at 9.20, but really, my wife got here at 9.25. No, no, it all happened at the same time. Okay, now, now here's the thing. The old man was crucified with Christ. Meaning, meaning it already happened when Jesus died. So when you believe on Jesus Christ, now get this, the, the crucifixion of your old man was applied to your life the moment you received Christ, but it, it, had been, it had been taken care of on the cross. Okay, now, now why, are you, why are you saying this? Because we struggle to believe that our old man is really dead. We tend to believe that we have to crucify him and we have to, we have to get him under control and we got we to gotta rein him in. And we tend to say, well, I got saved on this day, but my, you know, Jesus died on this day, but I got to still crucify my flesh on this day. No, 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 no. Your flesh, your old man was crucified on the cross. It's a past transaction that was applied to you the moment you got saved. That is very important to understand, okay? Now, now here's, here's what happens. We hear that in number two, point two, we have an argument against it. We have an argument against this. Here's the argument, letter A. Many will say, I don't feel dead to sin. I don't feel dead. Say, man, you know, Jesus died and your old man died that day with Christ on the cross. And the moment you got saved, that death became activated. And you're saying, well, I don't, I don't. He feels pretty alive and well to me. Christians will say, my sins are forgiven, I believe this. However, the power of sin inside of me just does not feel dead at all. Okay, so let's, let's just establish a very important truth. Let her be the problem with feelings. The problem with feelings. Faith cometh by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of God. Okay, let's just ask some obvious questions, right? When the two thieves died on the cross, did any of you feel it? Yes or no? No. No. But you believe that they did, right? You didn't feel it. It wasn't like, oh, yeah. But you believe it happened based upon what? Faith on the word of God. Question, did you see Jesus offer his blood for your sins? Did you, were you there? No, if you say yes, please meet me after Sunday school. <laughs> you weren't there. None of us were there. None of us saw him on the cross. None of us were there. But you believe it. Like you believe that as much as you believe anything else in your life. Well, why? Faith. You believe the, listen, you believe these facts of history based upon the Word of God. That's important. You believe that the two thieves died because the Word of God tells you they died. And you believe the Word of God to be true. You believe that Jesus shed His blood on the cross for you because the Word of God says so, and you believe the Word of God to be true. Okay? So, so here's a very important thing you and I have to understand, that we, we cannot base our belief system off of whether we feel something to be true or not. Just as much as you didn't feel the two thieves die on the cross, and that doesn't impact your faith and believe it happened, get this, the fact that you may not always feel dead to the old man doesn't change the fact that the Bible says you are. Now get this, and if the Bible's wrong about that, then the Bible's probably wrong about the two thieves. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So if, the, if, if we're just like, well, man, I believe the two thieves died. I believe, you believe Jesus died. Think about this. You believe Jesus died and rose again from the dead. You believe, we believe he walked on water. We have no problem with that. We believe that he has our, he has our soul and our, our spirit in his hands, and when we die, he's going to take us to heaven. That's all pretty big stuff. And we don't base any of it on feeling. But when we come to this truth about sin and its power over us, we struggle because we don't feel that reality, even though it's just as clear in Scripture as anything else in Scripture. Okay? But, 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 but here's a question. If I'm dead to sin, why do I feel like I'm not? I think that's a legitimate question, don't you think? If I'm really dead to sin, if sin's power is dead over me, why don't I feel that way? Why do I still feel these things? Okay, let her see. The reason for our feelings. The reason for our feelings. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. The reason, why, why, do, why, why do Christians struggle with these feelings? I mean, obviously, we're not just making it up. I mean, obviously, there's a reason why, you know, universally, a lot of believers struggle to believe that they're dead to sin. There's got to be reasons for that, right? Okay. Galatians 5, verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the what? Flesh. Romans 7, 18 says it this way, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Why do we not feel like sin has fully died because here's why we feel the presence of something not good in us I mean, that's just reality like we got saved and it wasn't like there was just a complete absence of any wrong desires for the rest of our life 
Because then we would believe it, like, easily, right? But there is this, like, lust. There is this, like, things in us that we're saying, this isn't right. So, so that's where the struggle comes from. But here's what we have to understand about the, the, the death of the old man and the presence of the flesh. Let me give you this illustration. You can read this with me. I think it's in here. Imagine a country, okay, that's been ravaged by alcoholism and, and, and it's been rampant. And I think about even where I lived in Sri Lanka where it's just like, you know, it's just people are just walking around with bottles in their hands. I mean, people are drunk everywhere. That's becoming more here, obviously. Imagine a country seeks to completely remove liquor. It knows that it is not enough to simply destroy all of the bottles and cans in the stores. It must shut down all of the distilleries and factories that produce it. Furthermore, it will destroy all of the machinery used to create it. Once the large factories are shut down, there may be some alcohol remaining in the country, but the same power is not there to overtake the country. There may be an individual who makes some, but not with the same frequency and force as a factory. Okay, get this. In salvation, the producer and power of sin in us, the distillery, the factory of sin, old man, has been destroyed. He no longer has the same power to control and dictate us. However, like remaining bottles, he does exist in a less powerful form in our body and soul. This is called the flesh. The flesh is not the power of the old man. When you got saved, okay, listen, the, the power of sin that dictated you had the ability to pump sin through you and work you to do those things died. And that, listen, that same capacity for the old man to just say, this is what you're going to do, that's not there anymore. But there are remaining bottles. There are remaining influences there that reside in our fallen flesh. Okay, our fallen flesh encompasses our physical body and our soul. Okay, our, and we'll get more into that later. So you have this remaining influence, but get it, it's not, it's not the same power. So, so listen, the flesh, number six, is the reduced power or the, or the residual power of the old man. It is the... Oh, it is the presence without the power. This remaining influence of the flesh is why we don't feel like sin is dead. So we have my little diagram where you had the flesh there, right? But now you have the spirit there. But, but remaining in the body, remaining in the soul, right, is, is these traces, these remnants of his influence, but he has, listen, but he doesn't have the power to just dictate what you do. That's gone. He's just there. It's just there. Okay. Number three, the mistake over sin's death. So here's what happens. We feel the flesh, and I'm going to get into this at length in Romans 7 in a couple weeks. And here's what we try to do. Letter A, we try to overcome the presence of the flesh by seeking to suppress it. So what happens is we feel these remnants in us 
and we get our eyes, get it, we, I, get my eyes on my flesh, and I try to do battle with the flesh. But didn't we say that the answer to the Christian life is not I? But when we see our flesh, we look to ourselves and we say, okay, i got to deal with the flesh. Okay? That's why you have, look at uh, Romans chapter 7. You see this, and we're going to get into this at length in a couple weeks. Romans chapter 7. This is the battle of, of Romans 7. Look at verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. So here's what happens. When you say, all right, I'm going to deal with this remaining, these remaining influences, I'm going to take it on, I'm going to suppress it, I'm going to deal with it. Here's what happens, you lose. Because, because here's what you're doing and you don't even know it, you're using flesh to fight flesh. And I'm going to get into that at length. You, you cannot deal with the remaining influences of flesh by in your flesh defeating it. So, so here's what we think. If only we, could, if only we could be stronger, we'd gain the victory. And we plead for God to strengthen us so that we can overcome this power, forgetting that this power is already defeated. And so we treat it as a battle with us against this. God, make me bigger. But you don't need to be any bigger. You're making sin too big, okay? So let her be. Instead of deliverance, Christians experience defeat. That's what happens to us. So, number verse 24, Oh, wretched man that I am. Every time you get your flesh in your eyes and you think you're going to deal with it, it's going to deal with you. And you're going to lose because you can't defeat the flesh by the flesh. As we attempt to suppress the flesh and produce spirituality, we find nothing but defeat. We spiral into a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. That's what will happen every time. And you think, you know, we think it's, it's sin, but the reality is it's flesh fighting flesh. So, point four, the application of sin's death. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this much more in the process, but what we, have to, what we have to, by faith, just like we believe that our sins were defeated by the blood, we must, by faith, believe sin was fully defeated at the cross. Look at Galatians 5. This is, this is illustrated so clearly in Galatians 5. I want you to see the solution that he gives to the flesh. Okay. Galatians 5.24 And they that are Christ's have, it's already happened, crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. So those who are in Christ have seen those things crucified. Now look at this. But there's this remaining influence we said. What are we going to do with that? Well, verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Did you see that? The answer is not go against the flesh. The answer is, live out the new person. I'll give you another example. Galatians 5.16. Look at Galatians 5.16. This I say then, 
Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He doesn't say, alright, here comes the flesh, time to do battle. No, because why? Because the flesh is already defeated. You don't have to beat the flesh. You know all you have to do is walk in the Spirit. And when you and, and the focus becomes spirit, not flesh. And it's listen, you're it's in Christ, not in you. It's in his spirit, it's not in you. That is when victory comes, and we're going to elaborate more on that. So let her be a Christian must learn to see this truth become a reality. So 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 here's what I'm going to submit to you: that 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 in salvation we get pretty quickly out the gate, our sins are taken care of by the blood. But where we spend the bulk of our Christian life is dealing with this sin issue and this flesh issue. And so what we're going to look at over the series is the four, really the four steps that the Lord takes us on in getting victory over sin. Okay? Not, we have the victory, can I say, in realizing the victory. That's what I meant to say. In realizing the victory. Number one, it involves this, knowing. Biblical term in Romans, we're going to spend some time on. Knowing. Number two, it involves reckoning. Then number three, it involves presenting ourselves to God. Knowing, reckoning, presenting ourselves to God. And then lastly, walking in the Spirit. The victory over sin is there, but there's a process the Lord takes us on to help us realize it. Okay? All right, summary. Here it is. Our sins and sanctification were taken care of on the cross of Christ. And while the presence of the flesh may make it hard to believe, we must by faith accept this and experience it. To apply the truth of sin's death to our life, we must know, reckon, present ourselves to God, and walk in the Spirit. So what we're going to do is, Today we established the fact based on last week and today, hey, hey, we don't have to do battle. We don't have to defeat sin. Sin is already defeated. We have to learn how to live in the Spirit. We have to learn how to, how to experience that truth that Romans teaches us, okay? And that's what we're going to work on over the next few weeks of these four steps. Amen? Amen. Amen. Isn't it a blessing to know that sin is dead? I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we don't have to wage war and and defeat the flesh. I'm thankful that God has already given us the answer, that we are not the solution, that Christ is the answer. So I look forward to going down this journey together. Let's pray, and we'll let you all get ready for the worship service. Father, we love you. Thank you for this time in your word. I thank you, Lord, that, that the old man is crucified, that when Christ died, the old man died. And Father, I pray that you would help us to accept these facts of history based upon your word. And Lord, help us to get our eyes off of ourselves as a solution and to keep our eyes on Christ. I pray that this great truth of Romans 5-8 through would become a reality in our life more and more. Thank you for this time. Prepare our hearts to sing. Prepare our hearts to give. Prepare our hearts to hear your word. Bless the choir, the orchestra, and all that's to come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.